our skin actually is a driver of aging in the body. Not only that, our body is a driver of skin aging. So the healthier your skin is, the healthier you are and vice versa. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 163 of the Biohacker Babes. My name is Renee, tuning in from Las Vegas today and along with my sister, Lauren. Hello, Renee. This is Lauren. I am tuning in from very sunny Maryland. Not sure how hot it is outside. It's been like brutal everywhere I've gone. Seattle, (sighs) New York, Maryland. I'm like, oh, global warming. No, I was just in Alaska and it was very cold. So. Oh, okay. There are (laughs) some hopes. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of sun. It's actually like I think it's so funny when it's so hot in the summertime, you can't even be outside. But after today's podcast interview, I'm like, okay. Oh yes. yeah. I'm like Sunday. more SPF, more <laughs> SPF on my skin in sunny mm-hmm, Vegas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So guess what? We were talking about skin health today, inside and outside magic that we can do to improve our skin health. And we have our friend Amate coming on the podcast. We got to be on his podcast a couple months ago, Biohacking Beauty, and had a blast. And now the roles have reversed. We get to chat with him today. Um, We first met him at the Biohacking Conference in Orlando last year, and now we're going to see him again next month at the same event in LA. But he is Oh man, he's just so full of so much incredible knowledge about the skincare industry and the research and science behind different molecules for skincare, what we can be doing in the biohacking realm for skincare. We really just scratched the surface today. We already are deciding like when do we have him back on for a part two? Mm-hmm. Because I think we both, I literally said in the episode, like I was mind blown by some of the things he was sharing and I know he has a lot more to share. So we'll definitely have him back on. Um, But so how we actually met, he is the founder of Young Goose. So that's the skincare company that Lauren and I've been using. Maybe you've seen us share that on Instagram and talk about it in a couple of podcasts, but he's also a lifelong biohacker. So he really can give us so many lifestyle habits. And I love that he says that lifestyle is at the bottom of the pyramid for foundational stuff that we need to be doing for our skin. And I can attest to that because I think Sleeping Beauty, she really had it all down back in the day, right? I think I can see my skin <laughs> looks different when I sleep well for a week. It's like oh, lifestyle sure. makes such yeah, a difference. Still, yeah. sleep is always going to be number one for everything. Yeah. And diet and stress. Yeah. Stress, I think it sounds like is one of the quickest ways to age your skin and sun exposure like we started off with. So SPF is still important if you're going to be out in the sun. Yes. As biohackers, we love getting out in the sunshine for circadian rhythm and all of, all of these amazing benefits. But I think if you're going to be outside for a certain amount of time, you do want to get that, that extra coverage to protect that damage that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was maybe well two really big takeaways. I think for today, that your skin is so, so vulnerable to the environment. 
mean, I've always been a SPF on the face person, but then I'm like, oh, the rest of my body can just, you know, absorb the vitamin D. Uh, I'm, I'll probably be a little more careful now, especially with long exposure. That was a big takeaway that the skin is just like the receptor, basically. The second one is that ingredients are not all made alike. Like if you compare two products, two bottles, just because they have the same list of ingredients does not mean they're doing the same thing in your body. And that is the magic of the research that he's done. It's all about the delivery, the combinations, the way it is like, I guess, signaling renewal, signaling stress, signaling repair. It's all about the communication that's providing to your body. And so not all products are made alike, even if on the label, the bottle, it appears to be exactly the same. So we are going to get into that a little bit more about how you can really decipher what's good from what's not and how Young Goose, the skincare line, is really just leaps and bounds beyond stuff that's on your your average shelf. Yeah. And I think you can compare it to food labels, right? Food labels are very confusing. Skincare labels are very confusing. Like I think if you just see a bottle that says, resveratrol or green tea, like, please don't fall for that fake advertising. It's not going to do what you think it's going to do. So, um, and it's kind of scary to think back. Remember growing up in the nineties, we were like definitely in the tanning beds way too much. I'm like, hoping I can reverse some of that damage with all this good stuff we're doing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Let me tell you a little bit more about Amate. So Amate Hachelle is an entrepreneur in the biohacking and beauty fields. He has held executive roles in the health, wellness, and beauty industry for over a decade, as well as being a business development consultant in that space. As co-founder and CEO of Young Goose, the biohacking skincare company, and host of the Young Goose's Biohacking Beauty podcast, Amate has been making waves in his industry through education and innovation. Young Goose embodies his two passions, performance optimization and skin health with products that boost the functions of natural rejuvenation processes in the skin. Amazing. I love the work that he's doing and his partner. They're just like such a power team. I love them so much. Oh, they really are. She's so awesome. I know we say this a lot, but please send us questions. If you have follow-up questions or anything you want to learn more about, because he definitely plays bad cop a little bit. And like my brain is still on the floor. I'm like, what? Just dismantling beliefs about beauty and skincare. So if you feel the same way at the end of the episode, please submit your questions or any comments you have, because we're definitely going to have him back on and go even further. Cause I think there's so much more in that well of knowledge from him. So Absolutely. let us know what you think. All right, let's bring him on. Welcome Amate to the biohacker babes podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's absolutely my pleasure to be here. I'm very, very happy to have this conversation. Yes, us too. We had a lot of fun chatting on your podcast. I guess that was a couple months ago. And we talked about all of our favorite biohacks. So now today Mm -hmm. we get to pick your brain about not just biohacking, but more specifically biohacking our beauty, our skincare. Mm -hmm. You are really an expert in this realm. And we are so excited to share this with our listeners today. So to kick it off, you know, I think healthy skin, most of us are aware it's really like a a two-way job, right? It's what's going on within the body, but it's also what we're putting on our skin topically. So we're going to talk about all that good stuff today, but to kick us off, can you tell us as a longtime biohacker, what got you into uh, being so passionate about skincare? Wow. That's actually, it's, um, most of the time we meet people in this industry that, that they have some backstory to their like health problems, 
they've solved them through some form of either like biohacking or health optimization or something like that. And then they became passionate about the entire subject and kind of passing it on. Uh, there is also an origin story that's similar with uh, with beauty, but it's kind of intertwined with biohacking where out of the military, first of all, something I actually kind of remembered as far as, as health issues over I overcame with, with biohacking, uh, which I kind of didn't even remember to tell. So I, because of a, like an infection from shrapnel that got into my, my leg, I was like on antibiotics for like two months. Mm. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that really wrecked my stomach. And by the way, really threw my skin completely off kilter because I've never had like acne or anything like that. So, and as far as that is concerned, that was a big issue, but that's the first time I had the connection of like, okay, we need to take care of something that's going on inside in order for us to be able to live well. And I love the the saying, you know, and a healthy person has 99 problems a sick person has only one, you know, so. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, so that started the journey. I, I, when I finished the military, I had a, like a reputation because what I did in special operations to, to be able to build teams, basically, to be able to, now it's very common to have team building as far as, as an objective in, in business. But back then it wasn't, it wasn't that in the forefront of, of what companies were str- were trying to do. And we, we had a small company to try and educate people how to do it and companies how to do it. And I stumbled upon a red light therapy company, which back then was called lasers um, or low level lasers. Red light therapy wasn't really a thing. It was like 15 years ago. And our job was basically to translate their medical B2B, like business to business technology, to translate it into you know, consumer technology. And we found out because you're suddenly interested mainly about justifying your, your, the salary that you're taking, the retainer that you're taking, but also making sure that it's a viable avenue for the company. And we found that most people were interested about uh, in, in how their skin, uh, skin health reacted to red light therapy. That was a big issue. And to me, as someone who tried to basically distance myself as much as possible from like violence, um, military, stuff like that. It really hooked me. Uh, the fact that you can improve someone's mood, self-esteem, etc. Technically so easily, right? You change like one thing and they become, they are a different manifestation of themselves. They bring different things to the table. They, they Their personality changed because their confidence changed. So that's what started me and this journey of making people, making people's skin healthier, therefore looking better. That's, uh, I got treated because of some brain trauma with NAD, NAD plus or NAD, some people call it as an IV, figured out that it's extremely expensive, tried to see what else is out there. And through trying to make a product that would penetrate through the skin to the body, and we can talk about the NAD if someone doesn't know what it is, but through trying to have it penetrate to the bloodstream topically um, and failing, we made lemon out of lemonades. We were like, oh, that could be the reason it's failing to, you know, raise NAD levels in the body is because the skin's drinking it up. Basically, the skin really, really needs it. And that's a whole rabbit hole of why the skin really needs it. So we went on this journey of raising NAD levels in the skin. And that's that's what brought us 
to have Young Goose, which is like the world's first biohacking skincare company and, and where we are today. Amazing. What a journey. It's so amazing. I am sure you've learned a million things and I would assume that you agree that it takes many different variables and efforts to to get there. But Mm -hmm. if we're going to kind of turn the conversation towards skincare, I think like a big problem in the supplement industry, and I think it's the same as skincare is like you said, we find these magical molecules, but how do we know that the body is actually receiving it, absorbing it? How is it getting through this, the layer of the skin or the gut? You know, we can have all of these amazing technologies and ingredients, but where are they going? Or is it producing a good effect topically on your skin, but then wreaking havoc somewhere else in your body? Yeah. Sounds like you've really cracked the code on all of those things. Yeah. So you're raising like a really, really, really multiple, really cool points. So the first thing is it's not only, so let's say we were raising like a specific molecule, like NAD or something like that. Why do we even need it? So NAD is like the fuel for repair processes to make a very long storage, very short. So every time we need repair, NAD is involved. So it's basically getting the older we are, the more NAD the body needs and kind of the less it has because it doesn't do a good job, like recycling that fuel source which it needs to recycle because it doesn't get a lot from outside sources naturally. So the first thing is we really need to minimize the ongoing damage we're getting. If we really want to raise NAD levels and kind of tilt uh, to the positive, we actually need to prevent damage from being induced continuously. And that is why research has unequivocally shown that in that our skin specifically, the main driver of skin aging is actually the environment and not the biological environment or the environment within our body. So yeah, of course, if we're going to eat the wrong foods, if we're going to have a lot of inflammation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we are going to show it on our skin, especially like stress. We're going to show it on our skin, but much more than that. And I think it's intuitive. Like if you have an hour of stress, your skin's not going to go, you know, haywire. But if you're literally like an hour radiated with UV radiation, that's, you're going to need some aloe, right? Like that's a, that's an issue immediately. So the environment pollution, EMF, UV oxidative components in the environment, they're all very, very substantial catalysts in skin aging. So that's number one. We need to kind of eliminate the things that deplete the resources and within us as well, mainly like stress, what about obviously seed like oils? bad nutrients. What? Yeah. Are, do you find seed oils to be problematic yeah. for skin? Yes. So that's, that's kind of the next point. So seed oils, oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. No, no, you're great. That's actually a really good point, but seed oils, I'd actually um, classify them as bad fuel. Okay. Mm-hmm. As bad building blocks because the body's going to use oil. Never mind what it's not like we're depriving it of something, right? We're actually kind of feeding it the wrong building block or the wrong fuel source. So another part of like misbehaving as far as our health is concerned is like what actually I was thinking about it the other day. Do you know that bear meat tastes completely differently if they, their, their sustenance was salmon or their sustenance was berries? Oh, well, both kind of sound delicious, <laughs> but, yeah. and, but and I can imagine, you know, like conventionally right. fuel. raised animals versus regenerative. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but, but you're right that intuitively that you would, you'd rather eat the meat that was given 
berries and uh, salmon, right? Not that salmon is bad for you, but we're talking about how what we're eating really affects our tissue. So if we're eating any kind of oil, that oil is being utilized to build the mem- any, any type of oil that our body uses, so like membranes, protective layers, anything like that. And if we have the wrong oils, the oils that the body is not built to use, so for example, seed oils are a great example of something that we wouldn't want. It's it's going to reflect on our cellular function, which eventually also going to reflect on how our cells look, age, behave. Because really what aging is, is the accumulation of unrepaired damage. That's it. So right. that that relationship is the relationship that we want to cultivate. As far as like getting products into the body, the skin is a defense organ first and foremost. So a lot of, you know, we're, we're talking about gut health often and gut permeability. And the fact that our gut is supposed to kind of be, be like the dancer in a nightclub saying what needs to come in the body, into the body from the, the digestive tract and what needs to stay out and be secreted. But our skin is actually that other, the back entrance to the party, right? So our skin is actually a, a more selective organ. It should be protecting us from more things. It's in, exposed to more environmental, whether it's bacteria, by the way, obviously it's exposed to way more bacteria than our gut. And it is also exposed to way more uh, harmful stressors for that matter. But we can, so the first thing we need to do is to make sure that we're we're making the molecules small enough to even be able to kind of penetrate all of those defensive layers and mechanisms and and that's number one. And number two, we really need to connect to a specific highway. Okay. You can think of molecules, especially in the skin. The skin is kind of has built specific highways because it's so difficult to absorb things through the skin because the skin is built as a defense organ. The skin has built like specific highways for specific molecules to be absorbed through it. And most of what we want to absorb, we kind of need to correlate it with a specific highway, which I call it, which is basically a shuttling mechanism to get into our cells. And that is why we can do it. As long as you invest enough money in, in the science or you, you care enough, you don't only care about like a clickbaity word, but on the, on your bottle or whatever, you could figure out how to get most things into the skin through different modalities, nano sizing, using uh, lipid bilayers or whatever we want to do to get it to be bioavailable. So yeah. how is it that sometimes the good stuff doesn't get through, but the bad stuff seems to get through and, and wreak havoc? Like there are something like a lip plumper, which I've heard you talk about in other podcasts, that seems to get through and it's really toxic. Yeah. So you're saying with these different highways, like some things are penetrating, some things are not. Yeah, that's a great question because we're it, it actually kind of applies another clause to what I was saying. So in skin, in beauty in general, and in interaction with the skin in general, we have something that doesn't really happen in the gut as far as, well, it does, but in a much lesser degree, uh, which is stress or stimulation for repair. Okay, so basically, uh, you can think of a lip plumper, which can have like caustic agents, agents that basically makes it sensitive. So it reacts like in an inflammatory sort of way and plumps the lips, right? Yeah, hmm. but all of, think of like glycolic peels, think of uh, even retinol or, you know, vitamin C or, you know, we can go down a very extensive list, but th- the skin needs 
the skin doesn't know it needs to repair itself most of the time or the repair, the skin kind of repaired itself. It repaired itself suboptimally. And now it has, you know, scar tissue. It has wrinkles. It has, you know, a more rigid and thinner skin. All of those things are a complete process that now we need to live with. So think of a bone that healed suboptimally, like healed in the wrong way. What do we need to do? We need to go back and re-break that bone. We can't feed our body collagen or, you know, whatever it is and hope that the bone is going to just kind of bend back into place, right? It doesn't really work that way. We need to kind of remind <laughs> yeah. the body that there is some damage that needs to be repaired or reintroduce damage there. So that's a whole different section of things and how do we do it and, and, the, and what are we sacrificing by creating that damage because we are. But that's number one. Now about like bad agents and good agents getting through the skin, most of those good, good uh, bad agents have some sort of damaging effect, which then allows them to penetrate through our protective layers, our skin barrier, etc. And a lot of what is damaging our skin is actually damaging the uppermost layer of the skin, which is also keeping water inside the skin and nutrients inside the skin. And basically when we damage that, we can see like redness, rosacea, dermatitis, things like that, which then lead to aging. But really what happens is the damage to the skin leads to aging and not those molecules specifically. Hmm. So I guess you want some damage, almost like a hormesis, yep. right? I guess that would be kind of like microneedling, PRP, well, like how, right? That's like good damage. Hormesis, we can think of hormesis as our, or the body's response to hormesis, xenohormesis, like outside stress to the body that leads to positive result. We want to get very low amounts of that in order to create results. Like because it's a stressor, we can do too much of it. Obviously for in an ice bath, which is hormetic, we need to do three, five minutes, 11 minutes a week. If we're going to do like seven hours, we're going to die. So we need to understand <laughs> that there are, that there, there, it's a biphasic, it's a bell curve, right? We have like an right. optimal amount and then something that's not optimal. That's definitely something that's going to create a lot of like longevity effects on the skin good, good, positive things. Microneedling is not really a hormetic effect in this, in this, in the sense that it doesn't apply stress per se, it literally applies damage. So it, okay. it does create controlled damage. That's one aspect, but we can also do lasers. Ret retinol, for example, is a great, great stressor, which does provide some damage. Vitamin C also provides some damage, but we do want to understand that it is a, a dichotomy. So when we are creating that damage, we're drawing upon resources that our body is definitely going to lack later. So either we replenish those resource, resources or try to replenish them if we do a lot of damage or try to mitigate, like try to pace ourselves with the amount of damage that we're doing. And so we can talk about like anything that we're doing to stimulate renewal in the skin is basically we're asking this skin cells to multiply, to, to duplicate themselves. And obviously any biohacker that's going to hear, hear about like cells dividing is immediately going to think about telomere length, right? Mm -hmm. So our telomeres are the ends of the DNA. Uh, every time the cell splits, it sacrifices a little bit of them. When they don't have them anymore, they cannot split anymore. So that's called the high flick limit. So 
if you look at uh, like medical grade companies in the last 20 years, you'll see that peeling was like a major, a major focal point around their skincare. So they have a lot of like acids, a lot of things that call for renewal. And you're basically calling for renewal every time you're applying something on the face, one way or another with medical grade or result or, or result-oriented skincare, okay? Medical grade and the doctor has something at stake. They need to create results, right? Like other companies, if they do like, I don't know, hair or juice-based skincare, it's more, it's less about results. Let's say we have a, a results-oriented skincare. They have been for the last 20 years, like really blasting that uh, renewal aspect of the skincare. When we're doing that, if you see people have, who have been subscribing to this model for the last 20 years, you will see a thinner skin. You will see a skin that's, skin that's bruising way easier. You'll see basically skin that has depleted a lot of the reservoirs that is necessary for later on. And we need to be aware that this skin now can withstand less. So we are kind of sacrificing our near future to the far future. And if you're okay with it, that's fine. But if you're not okay with it, either you, you minimize the damage you're doing right now or work extremely hard, you know, either to supplement or to do IVs or to apply skincare with specific molecules that renew or refuel those processes, renew those molecules that, that now your body has less of those reservoirs. So, could you do an NAD IV or injections and then see that express? Technically, yes. And, and I was very skeptical about NAD IVs, even though I was doing them, I was thinking that most of the effects are, are in the brain because actually NAD is the only direct high, uh, highway or pathway, basically, is what it's called, that shuttles NAD as a full molecule directly into the cells are in the heart and the brain. So aside from that, I thought there is no effect to be honest with you, or very limited effect. Now science shows that, that basically there is uptake in muscles as well, but it is quite limited. And that is the next kind of tissue that absorbs that increase in NAD. Your skin is going to see less of it when we're doing either oral, especially oral, but also suppository or uh, IVs, because that's an organ that is less prioritized as far as, as, as survival, right? And that is why we need something that increases NAD levels in the skin specifically. Hey, biohackers. It is really hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health. But it's pretty awesome that so many people in the health industry are talking about the importance of magnesium. I mean, this even includes people like Dr. Mark Hyman and Andrew Huberman, amazing people in the industry that we all look up to. And this is because magnesium is really essential to our health and our well-being. This is a huge problem today because magnesium deficiency can increase your risk of all diseases and keep you from performing optimally. And we really don't want to wait until we are deficient in magnesium. Even more critically, there's not just one type of magnesium. There are actually seven different types that we need in order to ensure both our health and vitality remain strong. Now, we are huge advocates of getting as many of our nutrients as we can through a real food, well-balanced diet. And it would be perfect if we could do just that. But in this case, it's almost impossible to get enough magnesium taken through our food alone because our soil is depleted of minerals and lacking organic matter, which really helps the plants get the food that they need from the soil. 
I've heard that if half a century ago we needed to eat one head of lettuce, today we would have to eat 50 heads of lettuce to get the same amount of nutrients. That is bonkers. Fortunately, Bioptimizers has an incredible solution. Yeah, their product, Magnesium Breakthrough, this supplement, it's the only product in the market with all seven types of magnesium, like I mentioned, and it's specifically formulated to reach every tissue in your body to provide maximum health benefits. The Bioptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough gives you access to the full spectrum of magnesium, which can dramatically improve your overall health. It does things like reduce stress, improve sleep, reduces anxiety, can even boost our energy levels, really a broad spectrum of benefits. Yeah, I've personally seen a great improvement in my workout recovery and my sleep stats since incorporating Mag Breakthrough. And when I travel, it always makes the cut in my bag. Yep, I always have that in my suitcase for sure. Can't go anywhere without it. So right now, if you want to try Bioptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough or any of the other awesome Bioptimizer's products that we love, for 10% off, you can just head over to magbreakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes. That's M-A-G breakthrough.com slash biohackerbabes. We will link to that in the show notes for today's episode as well, so it's easy for you to find. And then when you're checking out, make sure you use code biohackerbabes10, and that will boost your intake of magnesium, and you can start feeling better right away. All right, biohackers, don't wait to be deficient. Start taking the best magnesium and improve your well being right now. Just go to www.magbreakthrough.com backslash biohacker babes. All right, let's get back to the show. Another thing that happens is, as to circle to what we were saying before, the skin really receives a lot of DNA damage. So, for example, senescent cells are most prevalent in the skin, for example. Oh, um, for example, so DNA damage is very prevalent in the skin. We get a lot of radiation, et cetera, which the skin kind of sacrifices its, sacrifices its DNA to elsewhere in the body, uh, per se, that there's no mechanism that prioritizes like DNA damage. It's just there first. So it get it, it absorbs it. And our pancreas does not because it's obviously past the skin. So everyone has heard about sirtuins, right? The, uh, the genes that are, and the enzymes they encode that are responsible for uh, our DNA being coherent, our DNA being, being able to read well by our basically cells. But there is actually another set of, of enzymes that are reliant on NAD, which are called PARPs. And these enzymes are literally are what, let's say we've, we've, we've had a exposure to UV and now we have uh, more da- DNA damage. They are going there and they're re- trying to repair that damage. The problem is, is that they rely on NAD heavily. And as time goes on, there's not enough NAD to be sufficient NAD for both sirtuins and PARPs, especially Hmm. we're older. There's more DNA damage to begin with. So PARP becomes like super active and starves sirtuins from their NAD. So if we're not doing something continuous topical, we are accumulating that inability to decipher DNA for our our skin. And everything that we think of as an older skin is that lack of coherent DNA uh, reading, Mm. right? So how we create collagen or not, how we uh, develop pigmentation, laxity, whatever that is, is literally that onward. So that's what's upstream to all, all of those processes. Does the same thing go for the precursors to NAD, like NMN, NR, which I know NR is really specific, but would NMN work systemically or we still need to go topically? 
um, we still need to go talk. So actually, um, they, they, when I say NAD, I'm mainly talking about the precursors because NAD, the molecule, the body has no idea what to do with it. It does not exist outside of the cell. So mm-hmm. it's like if we have DNA damage and we ate DNA, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, the body doesn't work like that. The body actually makes its own things out of precursors, out of building blocks. So signaling molecules, signaling molecules are another thing that's, that are going to have the body making specific things, but it also needs the actual building block. So if we talked about, um, you know, seed oils or oils in general beforehand, our, we don't eat like a cell membrane, right? We eat oils and then the body makes, you know, you know, whatever that is, whatever it needs to do out of oils, it assembles it, but we need both. We need a signaling pathway to tell the body to do something and we need the building blocks. So the building blocks for NAD are NR, NMN, tryptophan, and niacin, basically. And we really, the the most streamlined ones out of them are NR and NMN. Uh, Both work great in the skin, but the same thing is going to happen. So let's say we we just had more NAD in our body. Our body is going to break it down to know what to do with it into tryptophan, niacin, NMN, and NR. Mm. And then it's going to move it around and then it's going to get it in the cell. So the same thing goes because it's literally the body is going to interpret it to the same molecules. Okay. Which of the Young Goose products have the NAD precursors? It's not in all of them. No, because we really found out that, again, we are uninterested. And believe me, we have a lot of advice saying, oh, that's a great thing to have in all your products. Just shove it into all your products. But that is just fuel, right? It is not a signaling molecule. It is actually, but it's not a um, it's not a signaling molecule that would give us a better looking skin in the end. It is going to fuel all those repair processes that we need in order to have good skin. So only care and eye care, which are our moisturizing creams are going to have an R Noble, which is the patent that actually has both. It has an R and an MN in it, nano size, liposomal, et cetera. So now that we, that we have that basic regimen that we believe anyone should use, now we have developed different serums that would basically allow you to, to choose your path as far as treatment, what are we trying to get? Are we trying to get a skin that has more active genes that are involved in collagen and elastin and hyaluronic acid production? And by the way, downregulates the mTOR pathway and, and then eliminates senescent cells as well. Do we want retinol, which obviously causes cellular renewal for pigmentation or wrinkles, things like that? Do we want more hydration? So we made a, a serum that creates more hyaluronic acid in the skin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now we have a new one. We talked about the skin barrier. We are launching a new product that mimics the the way that children and, and uh, very young children, babies create their upper layer of the skin, their protective barrier. Because we wow. know that the younger your protective barrier, the younger your skin is and vice versa. Very cool. And yeah. how about the, the green tea serum with the red light therapy? Mm-hmm. Talk about mm-hmm. that. I think that's so fascinating. So actually, I just had a very interesting conversation with with the founder of Mito Red, which is a red light therapy panel, and we were talking about them using uh, the green tea. And what the what happens with red light therapy is that 
we are creating we are creating more energy in our cells. We that is literally what red light therapy does. It creates more energy in the skin. But part of that, when we create energy, we also create free radicals. And part of what happens with red light therapy in general, part of that mitochondrial stimulation is that the mitochondria actually releases all the free radicals or most of the free radicals it accumulated to begin with through not utilizing oxygen as well, et cetera, okay? So these free radicals, whether it is uh, free radicals that were created in the, in the same time or beforehand and are being released, are what cues our body to stop responding to the red light therapy. So there is like a shutoff, automatic shutoff mechanism, like a thermostat, right? Oh, I created too many too many free radicals for that energy for, for that amount of energy. The, the ratio is not as good for me anymore. I'm going to stop creating energy in order not to create more uh, free radical damage. Mm-hmm. What we did was we took a, a study from 2009 from Germany that showed that a specific oxidative stress scavenger that it's called EGCG and it is in green tea can basically eliminates can scavenge those free radicals specifically that are created in mitochondria they're called ROS and it can eliminate them so what we're getting is in, we're offsetting the ratio of energy creation to free radical creation and we can then create way more energy and stimulate all the good effects that are happening when we're creating uh, when we're getting exposed to red light therapy what i would like to say is that you could definitely like drink green tea during the day and kind of go, get those levels up. And we actually recommend it if you're doing red light therapy, or uh, for example, there are other biohacking tools that are creating some of that free radicals. So like PEMF or nano V or even keto, even ketogenic diet, uh, we're moving more ROS around. So all of those things, it would be in your interest to consume more green tea. But when we need to create a skincare product, because it is a very effective molecule at at eliminating free radicals, we need to prevent the amount of free radicals we're exposing this molecule from the time that it's in the plant until you're putting it on your face. And there are many, many stages where things can go wrong. So it's not enough to look for a skincare product that has green tea. We have shown through studies that we can maintain 98% of EGCG that was in the plant until it reaches your face. And that is uh, unprecedented. But within that, what it, why did I mention uh, MitoRed? Because we were looking at creating a bundle. What, what if someone loves red light therapy and they want to tailor their skincare routine to serve best their red light therapy treatments? So actually, both, so red or our, our mitochondria in order to create energy is reliant on NAD. So we need care or eye care for that matter to have more NAD to be able to create more energy or the ultimate amount of energy. And another thing is, is our hyperbaric mask that I know everyone really likes. One of the main effects of it is is creating more, is doing very similar, similar effects in the mitochondria, which creating more energy in the form of ATP, the same energy we're creating with red light therapy and raising glutathione levels in the skin because we have moringa there uh, moringa oil and through raising glutathione levels we can also offset some of that oxidative stress so using care every day the moisturizer and then 
the green tea and the uh, while we're doing the red light therapy and the mask afterwards would be the best solution for red light therapy. I would say though mm-hmm. that whether it's from our products or not, red light therapy does support renewal more than stimulate. So if you really wanted like the best results with red light therapy, I would recommend at least retinol, but also maybe microneedling, maybe we can talk about other things that we can do at home, but cupping, for example, uh, facial cupping, things that do and do some of that damage. uh, So red light therapy can come in and support energetically the renewal, the, the cellular renewal that is that has been promoted by other means, which are stress or or which are damage inducing. Oh, that's cool. I'd love yeah. to circle back at the end and maybe talk about some of your favorite stacks in that way. Yeah. So we can kind of get the best benefits from all of those. Hey, biohackers. We just have a quick interruption in today's episode to tell you about something that is a game changer when it comes to blue light. So, you know, we talk about blue light exposure a lot on the podcast and how we really want to be getting outdoors, getting that natural blue light exposure, especially first thing in the morning, right? That's going to help get us energized and focused and increase our natural rise in cortisol for the day. But unfortunately, a lot of us are sitting inside on computers and tablets and phones and TVs, right? And we're getting all this artificial blue light, which is very damaging to our overall health, but especially for our eye health. We don't want to be straining our eyes all day with this blue light exposure because it can cause long-term damage to our eyes, but also like that eye strain, maybe you've experienced headaches or blurry vision or just that mental fatigue. So a really easy biohack for this is to wear blue light blocking glasses during the day. And that's where our friends from Felix Gray come in which I am wearing right now. Not that you can see them because you're just listening to my voice, but they're nice because they just look like normal glasses. So if you don't like the crazy amber looking glasses when you're on your work calls or whatever, this is a really great option to protect your eyes during the day. Yeah, I definitely feel a difference and I am wearing my glasses as well right now too. I feel a difference when I do not wear them. Despite my best efforts, I am a a magnet to the sun, but I also have Zoom calls on my computer all day long. So I often can't get the balance of indoor to outdoor light like I want to. And if I'm not wearing my glasses, I do start to feel that fatigue, maybe brain fog, which I think a lot of us jump to. I need more sugar or I need more caffeine. Well, it could just be that your brain is exhausted from staring at blue light. So I think this is a really, really easy biohack that we should all be implementing if you are victim to these modern day stressors, like being in front of your computer, or even if you're on your phone a lot during the day does not hurt to try. And what we love about Felix Gray is that they're making some pretty stylish glasses. I think traditionally, a lot of the blue light blocking companies were not really going for fashion. And I know that's not the most important thing. We just want to block the blue light. But that was a big commitment for a lot of people because you look a little bit different at nighttime. And I know I like to wear mine in the airports and on airplanes. And so I'm just really grateful that we are moving in the direction that we can look like we're just wearing normal glasses or glasses that, you know, fit our face and we have different styles and frames so that we can look stylish, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And they've also gone one step further. They have prescription glasses available. And I remember when this first came out on the market, the blue light blocking glasses, especially like dad, he would wear his like reading glasses, prescription glasses, and then wear his blue light blocking glasses over it. And it's like, we've got to fix this problem. And Felix Gray has done that. (laughs) And their lenses actually filter 15 times more blue light. So that's really how it's helping our eyes. 
And you can see true color despite the lens tint, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And the tint, it's actually built into the glasses. If you get really cheap ones on Amazon, you'll notice you could actually scratch the color off of it, which is not, hopefully you're not going to sit there and scratch at them, but you could scratch it off. This is built into the lens. So it's a really high quality. And I feel like these are going to just last me forever. They're awesome. Yes. So if you want to check out these awesome glasses, you can head over to felixgrayglassescom slash biohacker babes. Always easy to remember that, right? Biohacker babes. Excellent. Let's get back to the show. This is the second podcast this week where I've realized that I have to drink more green tea. So thank you for <laughs> yes. that reminder. Yeah. Definitely going to buy a huge bundle <laughs> when we're done today. I'm curious about your thoughts on supplements, like substrate that you would actually swallow, digest, whatever, that are sort of purporting these skin benefits. Would you debunk that and say it's not doing anything? I wouldn't say that. What I would say is something very interesting because as biohackers, we we want to think that we know more than other people. I at least that's oh, a we big do. What do you exactly? <laughs> so I would actually want you to pay Kidding. attention to a lot of skincare companies now that are making supplements. A lot of them. Uh, obviously, my favorite one is not a skincare company. It's uh, the Qualia Skin. I love Qualia Skin. Uh, unsolicited. But uh, I was thinking about. Yeah, unsolicited um, plug there. Um, I'm not paid to do this plug, but I love them and I love their product. But you will see a lot of skincare companies that are now wanting you to take their supplement as well. So first of all, skincare companies are used to like enormous margins. I know that like one of our claim to fame is that we reinvest like 90% of our income in research and development. But normally a skincare company looks to a one to five ratio margin. So if it costs me $10, it's going to cost you 50, which is enormous. Mm. And in supplements, that doesn't really work that way at all. So what happens is this, either you're going to get like a low quality supplement, or you're going to get a very expensive supplement, but you're not going to get the same, you know, ROI you're used to from a supplement company. And that's why I am a little bit like taken aback by skincare companies that are trying to do supplements. It's not, it's not a good model for them as far as the way that they are used to do things. And I can see that. Um, and we do have uh, very interesting people in the industry that use our products, even though they work for other companies. So we kind of get some insider knowledge there. Oh, um, nice. as far as efficacy, or maybe we as can far as, as far as what they want to put in and what they want to get out. So supplements obviously is, so imagine like, imagine me telling you that you should eat more meat. Okay. Meat can be McDonald's and it can be the finest grass fed, whatever the cow was massaged every day and, and only spoken in soft tones too. And it was alone in the meadow and <laughs> With was brain tapping music. every day. I don't know. What, and you know? brain tapping, a brain tapping cow. Now that's, you know what, do you know what though? Imagine that's going to be like <laughs> a higher self cow. Oh yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there is a huge difference in the same ingredient. And we say, we can say the same thing about skincare ingredients, right? But the, there is a huge difference in the, same, in the same name of ingredient as far as how it interacts with your body. And when we're talking about supplements, that is imperative because we're getting concentrated amounts of those molecules. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that is why we, we need to make sure that we trust the companies. And in most ingredients, there is no way for us to really know as opposed to, for example, omega-3 that we can know, right? There are, there are indexes that you can follow and see how, how, what's the percentage of the product 
presumed to be rancid, for example, or have oxidative properties to it already, etc. So the first thing I would say is just go with a company like your su- you, that you super trust as far as any supplement. That's number one. Number two, are supplements effective for the skin? As far as antioxidants, most people would say no, actually. Like uh, supplementing on antioxidants, most scientists are going to actually say that it doesn't really matter that, that much. On a regular basis, we did say about green, green tea, but we're trying to time like high instance of antioxidant. Another thing that is, to me, one of the best supplements as far as keeping your skin healthy is astaxanthin when you're going to get some sun exposure because, or by the way, like if you have a juicer, um, carrot juice can do a pretty good job too. If you're like, I don't know if you're a vegan or whatever, but we're trying to have more carotenoids in our skin, which are like antioxidants in the skin and that helps with sun damage. So that's one thing. And I think whoever's going to be like doing a legit water with carotenoids that people would be drinking on the beach is going to make a lot of money uh, if a company is going to take it on free, whatever. Mm. Anyway, so that's number one. As far as like taking collagen, taking stuff like that, or any supplements that we hope is going to affect our skin, it's years. And normally when, you know, when uh, clients text us uh, or email us, a question is, it's like, how fast will I see results? And the truth is, is that they might see results, you know, in a week, they might see results in in six weeks, but they might, the results that they really, that I'm really interested in are the results in 10 years. Okay. The results of how are they looking over time, changing their biological age. And by the way, when we're looking at these molecules that that are anti-aging and changing the biological age, like it's a great success if we've changed the biological age, you know, by six months over time, like reduced it, it means that we've stopped aging and have basically rewound it just a little bit. So when we're talking about supplements, kind of the same thing, we're, we really want to look at the extremely long term. And we also really want to understand that we need to be extremely consistent. So breaking it down to two or three times a day that we're taking supplements would be the first thing that would start with, like not taking all your supplements at once and making sure that you're getting good sources, et cetera. That's to me more important than finding the right molecules. Because if you're just going to use them wrong or use them uh, sparingly, it's nothing's going to be helping. It's everything's about habits, right? Yeah. It's really confusing and challenging for consumers. Even I, I, I get confused about supplements as well. Like how do we pulse mm-hmm. them? How do we rotate them? How do we cycle? It's just yeah. so much good, out there. And then marketing is like, we're yeah. here to confuse you. <laughs> I mean, and research as well. So actually research has two sides of the same coin, which one, if it's funded by a company, it means it's an advertisement. Okay. Why? Because they can do 100 studies and only one is, you know, consistent with what their message is. And that's going to be the one that they're hammering down your brain. But that's one thing. If it's not funded, then normally these studies are either they're uninteresting because the molecule is not really, I would say it's not, it doesn't have like a lot of potential to make money. If it's, it's not like patented or something like that, a lot of people won't be interested in it. And then those studies are normally extremely small, extremely like limited as far as what they're looking at. And that's another issue. They're not that reliable, right? So we can't really get away from understanding that 
we are being sold something, we need to really have someone who is an ag- aggregator, like you ladies, for example, like if someone pays for your for your mentorship, in other words, whatever words we want to call it, but if someone pays for your hours and hours and hours of sifting through material, that is probably the only way to really discern what we should be doing. That's number one. Number two, we, we, we really want to aim for upstream processes. We really want to understand, okay, am I taking this only because I hope that it's going to prevent some of the sun damage, which I recommended, but I know, but, uh, or am I taking something that is going to have my, as we said before, something that's going to control a lot of different processes that then would promote either health or prevent something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, all of these things are (laughs) such great tips for everyone, but I have to admit, I think sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Like there's so much that we can be doing and Mm -hmm. like, I have like a gua sha kit and a roller and like a at-home microneedle. Like it's sitting in the drawer. Like I, I don't, I, I have a good routine of like, I always wash my face twice a day, use my serum, my eye cream, my face cream. But I think even that for some people is like a lot. Yeah. So my question to you for keeping it simple for people, like what would be the top three things that people like absolutely need to do? Like wearing sunscreen or washing their face? Like, where do we start? Okay. So if we're keeping it like super simple, we're going to be talking about, you know, getting habits down. That's, that's the most simple because anything that you're going to do that is decision-based is not simple. It takes away from your decision bank that you need to use during the day, right? Like you're getting decision fatigue. So first of all, developing habits so what I what you want to do is like to divide your day into morning and night and in general like have a budget to the amount of time you want to invest in like skin care or self care for that matter okay like if anyone sees I got a black eye in jujitsu I like love jujitsu but I'm also going to be 36 and my body does not cannot just live on doing jujitsu every day tearing my body apart and just going on like nothing happened. I need some time for rehab. I need some time for like body care. And I know that if I don't have a one-to-one ratio, one hour of rehab for every one hour I do jujitsu, I am going to develop injuries. And over time, I'm going to be able to do less and less jujitsu. Basically, we're, we're describing aging in other words. So you need to have a set amount of time that you're dedicating. Before we talk about which habit it is, we need to decide how much time am I I investing towards having a better skin. And then the three things that I would recommend as far as what should be involved in that time, obviously, uh, washing the face is super important. Then applying some kind of support for the skin, because again, that's going to pay dividends later on. So one product or two products, if you have like a face cream and an eye cream that are very high quality, have a lot of active ingredients that support, you know, anti-aging or age reversal, whatever you want to call that. And the first thing is, let's say mitigating damage. So SPF is a whole entire story. And I think a hundred podcasts can go specifically like the <laughs> sun, sun protection, but in general, like a mineral, non-nano zinc oxide SPF, more than 30, and you're you're covered 
quite literally, you're covered as far as minimizing aging as much as possible. Great. Great. That's a great list. Mm-hmm. I want to know what Young Goose product you put on your eye because I can barely see this black eye that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So we, so for example, I, my opinion is, is that I'm, I'm asking so much of you as a consumer, as far as like the routine, right? Like, okay, wash your face, put the bio-C peptide sprays as, as a toner. And then, you know, you need to choose your serum, what you want to do. We actually have an evil plan to have, um, to have like a cycle sinking skincare um, Ooh, very that. soon. Yeah. I mean, that's to us, that's the ultimate biohacking, right? Like we can't have yes. the, not, not to st- um, at the risk of being perceived as um, virtue signaling to my opinion, in my opinion, asking you to do every, every day, the same skincare is very uh, male oriented because mm-hmm. you are not, your, your skin is actually completely different each part of the cycle. So we are making sure that we're not just throwing some clickbait out there and, and, and are trying to just have people use more products than they need and have wrap it around. We are really making a better world because we're whatever. We really are investing a lot of research and development in, into what it means cycle syncing your skincare. But I realized that we as a company, we are, we are asking a lot from you. Okay. And a lot of like, again, a lot from your decision bank. So going back to eye care, we only have one eye product and it is a kitchen sink product. So it does have the NR Noble patent, which supplies NAD precursors, but it also has a proprietary peptide blend that the one that people would probably know as GHKCU or copper peptide, Mm -hmm. but it also has other peptides. And these peptides are like computer codes. We're literally asking the skin to do like specific things like create more collagen don't signal the muscles around the eyes to contract as much, please, because we don't want them to develop wrinkles. Mm-hmm. And also to fight AGEs, uh, which, so basically to fight glycation, which is one of the hallmarks of aging, which in the skin, which mean, it means kind of what we spoke about, it become thinner, more rigid. And think of rubber that is more rigid and kind of thinner and drier. It's obviously easier to crack, right? So we're keep, keeping the skin in a more youthful state that is it's harder for it to develop wrinkles. So that's kind of an all in one. That's, that's, that's the only product. Yeah. Yeah. That we have. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I have a big question unless you have one Renee. Oh, go ahead. So I do a lot for my skin and I've mm-hmm. probably for the last maybe 15 years, like seriously, I've like had a regimen and it changes depending on what products I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say pretty clean and they get cleaner as the years go by. My fiance does nothing for his skin. And it's amazing. And it makes Mm -hmm. me really upset. So I'm curious, how much damage is makeup doing to my skin as a female? Because I do wear a good amount of makeup. It's clean. And I know clean is relative, but could that be the major difference between my skin and his? Like is doing less in his situation actually better? I mean, he's now cleansing his face and he got Mm -hmm. your pro care, which he really likes, (laughs) but he just has always naturally had really amazing skin. So I, he's fit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the number one reason that he has good skin. But um, I'm fit. <laughs> yeah, and you have great skin as well. Um, but, but I try really hard and he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that. men that's... have it easier. My husband too, he doesn't do any, I don't even think he washes his face. Maybe he uses shampoo. I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking. Is there more damage from makeup, whether it's uh, clean actually, or not? So actually... Well, we're going to get to that. Um, actually, I have 
something to probably uh, be very controversial about that as well. But one of the things that you probably would uh, be disappointed to hear is that it is my opinion, and it's an educated opinion, but it is my opinion that the hormonal makeup of men preserves skin skin integrity and skin youthfulness better over time, especially the way that fit males kind of are more, they, they do a better job in interacting with their hormonal profile as mm-hmm. women. Obviously we have a, a middle, middle, middle ground society, right? We don't tell anyone what they should do or not do or how they should live their lives. But obviously we have evolved to create as many offerings as possible and die. And the truth is that it looks completely different. This journey looks completely different to men and women. And that is very important to understand. And that's why there is a a decline over time. The decline over time for women can be worse because of that um, way that our hormones are being expressed later and later on in life. And obviously like hormone replacement therapy and things like that, uh, not talking about your boyfriend, but like, or, um, but in general in, in life, it is more prevalent uh, among men, etc. That's number one. Now about clean skincare, makeup, etc. Clean does mean that there is less potential for damage, but it actually means that the that the formula is not there's less insurance. Okay, the there's less stabilizers. There are less things there that chemically hold the formula together. Obviously, any juice we buy from Starbucks or in the cheapest aisle in your in Walmart, if we looked at it as far as ingredients, if it was a skincare product, we would say it's clean. The problem is, is that we wouldn't intuitively, we wouldn't buy anything that would be able to last as a juice for six months to two years on the shelf without refrigeration, right? But that's what happens in skincare. So the average the average bottle is on the shelf between six months to two years, period. And when you are buying it and putting it on your face, if it's completely clean, it has actually degraded. You're not looking at a clean product. You're not looking at the ingredients that are listed on the bottles anymore. A bad example. A My day is ruined. <laughs> I mean... Oh man. A, a controversial example I would give is if you bought like the vape cartridges that that were killing everyone or giving people severe pneumonia or whatever that was like a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah. The ingredient in the ingredient list that was that was the culprit for that was vitamin E. Now, if I would just inhale, like break a vitamin E capsule and inhale it, nothing is going to happen to me. The problem is when it's heated up, it goes through a chemical change. And now this molecule is a completely different molecule that is extremely toxic. So think of two things, that bottle traveling so long and another process, you putting something that is designed to be on your skin or between your skin and the environment, and then being radiated with heat, you know, in the summer or whatever heat from your body, whatever that is. And its chemical makeup changes a little bit as well. And it actually becomes sometimes more acidic or something like that. So I just want to say that clean, in my opinion, should be a, a, a consideration. 
But the yeah. reason that we call ourselves like biohacking skincare is we're saying, okay, we want the best efficacy with the less systemic stress. Okay. We can't have either or. And that Venn diagram, whatever comes up, comes in the middle, that's kind of what biohacking skincare is. But if we're left only with, you know, a juice-based cream that's been, that you bought a year, a year in its, into its shelf life, you're not getting what's on the model. You are not. Okay. As far as makeup is concerned, now we're talking also about something being affected by the environment because it's not really getting absorbed, right? And then the pH there can change, et cetera. So we do want clean, but we want something that has good stability. And we're going to start to see that being expressed in the lingo of skincare and uh, makeup in the next five to 10 years. I hope it would be sooner, but that's what's going on. So for example, I'll give you one last example. We're going to launch our sunblock very soon. And we consider ourselves like there. We consider ourselves like whatever other people are going to do in five or 10 years, right? So we had to do it tinted because we're using non-nano uh, zinc oxide, which if, you, if people remember is what lifeguards used to put on their nose and would make it white. So we had to do it tinted, but we could not do it in, in, as far as our conscious, we can't, we, we, our conscious, we wouldn't be able to do it as with a tint. So what we did is we added a lot of iron oxides, basically a lot of things that are protecting you from sun damage are antioxidant. They also have their own tint, their own color, which is that bronze color that people want anyway. So I'm sure people are going to start to see it more and more, but it's going to take a while fascinating. It's kind of reminding me of like the promise of vegetable oils, you know, 20 years ago. It's like, well, it came from a vegetable oil. It's cleaner, but they lack stability. Mm-hmm. So they degrade and they're naturally mm-hmm. harmful because they're not stable. Yeah. Great example. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. Makes a big difference. <laughs> does mm-hmm. make a big difference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even, you know, Ben Azadi, you know, fellow friend of all of us, he talks about even the best fish oil in the world He's like, by the time it hits your stomach, it's becoming rancid. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what he thinks um, about that. Ben, that's, that's Ben's, Ben has a lot of awesome opinions, but that is an opinion. I'm obsessed with fish oil and fish oil is something that you could measure a, there is the uh, classic measurement of uh, fish oil in your, or fish oil percentage in your index, in your, in your plasma, which I, I'm not a big fan of, but there is a, Omega-3 index or not fish oil, omega-3 index in mm. red blood cells. And mm. that is a very, very effective way to measure our overall health in relation to omega-3s, right? So we want to consider that we want that as elevated as possible. But yeah, if we were to take too much omega-3, like six, a good omega-3 is like 6% rancid to begin with. So that's like a really good one. So obviously there is again, a bell-shaped curve there, there of the amount that we want to take and obviously dividing it. So our body is able to rid some of that toxic load. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh gosh. That's a whole so, podcast. <laughs> I think we've um, scrambled some brains today and maybe really <laughs> kind of confused some belief systems. <laughs> Before we wrap up, I would love to come back to the the stacks and maybe just some really basic skincare routines and stacks maybe that you like. And for someone Mm -hmm. that would be starting out with Young Goose or just, you know, needs to kind of organize and and clean up a a messy skincare routine, what would you say? So I'm working on like a simple 
simple pyramid of that everyone understands pyramids, right? So that's that's to me would be the best way to example, but to, to, to give an example. But the base of the pyramid is our lifestyle, obviously. So you know what we do in order to keep our skin or our body healthy is going to express itself in the skin and vice versa. After that are fuel. So we were talking about NAD, but we can talk about anything that would fuel our cells to function correctly. And that would be for us, it would be care and eye care. After that is stimulation. So this stimulatory part would be any one of our serums is stimulating the skin to a certain to a certain direction. So bioretinol would be for more cellular renewal. And then again, ProCare would be more on a genetic level or provides like a genetic reset. So it resets 14 different genes that are involved in like collagen production, things like that. So it's more like holistic anti-aging. Uh, and then we obviously have the HA, adaptogenic HA boosting serum, which is more for hydration. And the end of that is protection. Okay. So protection is extremely important, but in low quantity. So we need to protect ourselves obviously with clothing and with uh, SPF or whatever that is. And we were, we went over what is important as far as an SPF. So that would be a very basic routine. Yeah. But the last thing I would like to say is that as far as like the base of the pyramid, our skin's age, our, our skin actually is a driver of aging in the body. Not only that, our body is a driver of skin aging. So if we're not healthy, it's going to affect our skin. The youthfulness of our skin. So we were talking about senescent cells. Senescent cells are big contributors of cytokines of, 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 of uh, inflammatory or inflammaging in the body, right? But because they are very prevalent or the most prevalent in the skin, they actually elevate inflammation in the body. Our skin not aging well elevates inflammation in the body. So even if someone's considering themselves extremely not vain and they don't care about their skin and they would rather look like Wim Hof, but have Wim Hof's, you know, health or whatever, consider that the healthier your skin is, the healthier you are and vice versa. Mm. Take that Wim Hof. That's That's amazing. I love the healthy skin. That's a great pyramid. You should make like an infographic. Yeah. 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 The minute we have the SPF, uh, we're going to have it. Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's uh, funny. I was on a cruise last week and I was sitting up at the bar ordering. I was actually just ordering water, but this Mm -hmm. guy comes up to me and he's like, are you even old enough to be ordering a drink? I'm like, how old do I look? You know, he was like, you look 15. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, it it must be the young goose skincare. Uh I don't know. (laughs) And and then I was like, well, actually this is my mom and dad behind me. How old do you think they are? So, (laughs) well, that's how, that's how our first conversation got struck. Right. When I came to you guys in the biohacking conference and I was like, Oh Yeah. yeah, I know you're dead. Yeah, I think you yes. tapped me on the shoulder. You said, are you yeah. Dr. Jean's daughter? <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Dad, for connecting all of us. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. We're so grateful. Awesome. Yeah. Well, to wrap things up, we just want to ask you one final question. If you can give our audience one piece of advice, something they could start doing today, can be skin related or just life and health related. Don't use air ventilators like ceiling vents, and uh, but do lower the temperature when you sleep. That would be my, my one advice. That's a good Cold. one. But don't do it with a ceiling uh, thing. Do you use like a chili pad or yeah. cooler? You yeah. do? Yeah. But, I just ordered I mean, the like, new one. I'm waiting for oh, it. Oh, great. Yeah. I like it cold. So <laughs> Me too. 
Great Sleeping advice. in an igloo. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to say thank you so much for sharing all this. I think you have blown many minds today about the world of skincare. There's more we need to learn, obviously, but thank you so much for joining us. The pleasure was all mine. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.